Welcome to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast, the show that talks all things female resistance training to help women feel beautiful, confident, and strong in and out of the gym. Now for your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen. Welcome back. We are here, and it's been a while since we have had a guest on the podcast. So fortunately, today and for the next three or four episodes, you don't have to listen to just Jordan and Gretchen talk. We have on one of my clients who is actually a coach herself. We have Sarah on the podcast today, and we're going to talk all things menopause from way before you even think about menopause to way after you've been through menopause. So Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and why you're so interested in menopause. Hi, I am Sarah Larson. I am a life coach, um, but more specifically a women's coach that focuses on issues around perimenopause and menopause. And I'm interested in it because I'm in the thick of it. I am in the throes of perimenopause myself. And this isn't actually, I didn't plan on this being my specific focus when I started my life coaching practice, but very quickly, um, I started talking with friends, I started talking with clients, and the degree to which this issue and topic comes up just became so pervasive to me that it it became really clear that this is something that needed some focus and some time, and I'm passionate about it and going through it, so it felt like a natural flow. Yeah, I think a lot of coaches find themselves in their niche because they experience something themselves, like... I really fell in love with lifting weights and not maybe getting down to the skinniest I possibly could be and really enjoyed the, okay, I might weigh a little bit more and I lift a lot more, but I feel a lot better too. So I think your story helps your coaching practice a lot more. So I also work with a lot of females who mm, menopause is a very, very popular topic. And it's one of those things that I get a lot of you have no idea. You just wait. Right. And it's true. I have no idea. I have no idea, but doesn't mean that I don't need to know about it. So this is so much as an education for us, as well as an education to a lot of my clients, our listeners and things like that, because if you're a woman, it's coming, it's coming, whether you want it, you want it to come or not. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. I am super excited to have you. Um, I had no idea that you were specialized in this. So for those of you that don't know, I do go to Jordan's gym Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And Sarah has been there a lot when I've been there. So I've gotten to know you. Um, I had no idea that this is what you specialize in. And one day I came up to Jordan and I was talking to her and I said, I saw this video that is freaking me out about perimenopause. Like apparently I'm going to completely be a different human and I have no idea what to do. And I didn't know what it was. And she's like, oh, well, Sarah knows all about that. We can ask her all the questions we want. It's like, oh, thank goodness, because TikTok freaks you out. Let's let's actually share like what you, your husband's going to hate you and leave you. You're going to yeah. hate having sex. Um, it was like, we are, we are worst case thinkers. So. The smell of my husband is going to make me not want to be married to him anymore. This is what I've been told on TikTok. Um like all of these things. And I'm so terrified to turn like 38 because that's the magical number that they give you. 
all of this is going to change and I'm going to move across the country, join a commune. I mean, I already want to anyways, um, and completely change my life. I'm like, I was not taught any of this in school. I didn't even know what perimenopause was. Right. I know there is a, um, it's a really sad reality how uninformed we all are. And there actually is, there's a really interesting explanation around why particularly menopause just hasn't gotten a ton of attention. And it's, I'm not going to go into all of the history of it because that would be long and boring, but ultimately, I mean, even medical schools for the most part stopped teaching about it as um, required learning in medical school in, I believe the late nineties, early two thousands. So for physicians, OBGYN specialists, any of these people, whether you're functional medicine, naturopathy, whatever, um, you have to opt in to learn about menopause, perimenopause, and all of the details and symptoms and treatments around it. So it's a very, it's been a very silenced reality for women. And we're so frequently told, look, this is just something you're going to have to go through. I know it's bad. You have to suffer through it. Everyone goes through it. You too will survive. I mean, that generally speaking is the way that most of us have been taught to think about it. And then you just look at them and go, oh, gee, thank you. Right. I just listened to, there's a doctor who I follow, um, Dr. Mary Claire and her last name's Haver, but her, it's just Dr. Mary Claire on her Instagram feed, which she was talking about, look, during menopause, women essentially go through total gonadal failure, right? Like we are going through ovulating to non-ovulating. So we're becoming procreative to non-procreative. And if you could just imagine for a hot second, what would happen if half of the population being the male half went through total gonadal failure, what kind of resources would we have available to them? A lot. Mm -hmm. So we are going to break this up into a couple segments for episodes here. So we're going to have this episode be all about perimenopause and menopause. We're going to have a separate episode about postmenopause and then a third episode about pre-perimenopause, which sounds a little redundant, but it's about the, the one is really to target the Gretchens of the world who are watching TikTok videos and maybe a little verified. Yeah. About what's to come. So let's dive into things, perimenopause and menopause. And we were talking about this before. There's a really big misconception around perimenopause and menopause, because I hear it all the time. I've been in menopause for five years and no, like not, not quite right. There's just this, again, back to the lack of information. So what is the difference between perimenopause and menopause? The blessing of this whole thing is that there's so much uh, in con- discontinuity in the language and the way we talk about it. So it doesn't make this whole situation any easier. Structurally, perimenopause is the period where you are going from ovulation cycling to non-ovulation cycling. Menopause is in and of itself, generally speaking, a day. It is the day 12 months after your last period. So it's one year after you have had your last period. That is the moment of menopause. And then everything after that is post-menopause. So the three terminologies are often used interchangeably. Menopause is very frequently used to refer to all things body changing, but technically speaking, perimenopause, menopause is a moment, 
everything after is post-menopause. I remember the first time I told a client that menopause, I, you know, she was like, I've been in menopause for five years, Jordan. This is never ending. It's like, well, actually menopause is a, is a one day thing. So no, I don't know if I've had a client get so upset with me. I was like, okay. Like she, it just was like, she just thought I was totally negating what she's, what she's going through. I'm not, I'm not just telling you that in this, in this current moment, you are in more of a perimenopause state than you are a menopause state. We've got 24 hours to label that as menopause. And it, it's, it's confusing. It is super, super confusing because not, not too many people, I think, keep track of like the actual day of their last period to an entire year. That's a very long time to keep track of that. So it's, and because perimenopause is not as popular of a term, you just go with, I'm in menopause because that's the term, you know. It also really speaks to how most of us feel in this stage, which is totally unheard, very mm-hmm. much out of control, and um, really confused by all of the mixed messaging. You know, in the age of the internet, it's wonderful because we have access to all kinds of wonderful information. In the age of internet, it's a nightmare because there's so much information and figuring out what to listen to and what not to becomes, you feel like you're kind of drowning. Yeah. So let's dive in. What do you think or why do you think perimenopause has all of a sudden become so popular? I think a big thing is just the generational shift in uh, there's a less shame around it. I think we're my generation and even the end of the boomers are a little bit more willing to talk about their own life experience and lived in experiences. I think there's just generally been a cultural shift Um where women feel a little more empowered to be vocal about it. And frankly, we have a a whole generation, particularly the boomers who are, um, they just really don't like to take no for an answer. And in this case, it's a really good thing because you have women really advocating for their own care and advocating for information and in the process sharing that information. So it's become a, I believe, a very healthy cycle of um, kind of a cultural shift into just being more honest and open about what we're really going through. I think our generation for Gretchen and myself, we're a lot more into, I mean, holistic health is growing in popularity. Absolutely. I think that that is something, perimenopause is something more talked about in the holistic health realm. That's where, I mean, through my holistic health degree, that's where I learned a lot about it. So I think that's helping as well is this younger generation is also you know, the trickle down effect of you're getting a little bit more of this information, you're looking at some more natural remedies. And then you get these people who then they're TikTok influencers, and they want to just scare the life out of people like Gretchen. I will say, though, because I'm on this like holistic health journey for this year, and trying to get more into it, that is what brought me into the perimenopause TikTok era, because everybody's talking about how they can deal with all of these symptoms holistically instead of going to a doctor and just getting on medication. So that is the good part of the TikTok because I was on the holistic side. It brought me into that and it told me what, I mean, kind of told me what perimenopause was, but it informed me that there is such a thing. And then it scared the crap out of me. So. Right. So let's talk about the nutritional aspect of perimenopause. I, all of the time, everyone thinks as soon as they start what is really perimenopause, all of a sudden they have to cut carbs. Um, fat loss becomes incredibly hard. 
all of a sudden their metabolism is like, nope. Um, what are the facts nutritionally? So what, what do you need to do nutritionally during menopause? Functionally, nothing that different from what you would do if you were making very healthy choices pre-menopause, pre-perimenopause. Um, there are some um, helpful shifts that can occur. Uh, inflammation becomes a really big player when you're dealing with perimenopause and the symptoms. I mean, so really quickly, like some of the symptoms you might have when you are in perimenopause, um, and the list is so long, but I'm just going to share a few of them, right? It's irregular periods, headaches, trouble sleeping, fatigue, night sweats, brain fog, brain fog, hair loss, mood swings, hot flashes, vaginal dryness, worsening PMS, dry skin, dry eyes, joint pain, heart palpitations, incontinence, weight gain, right? The list just kind of goes on and on and on and on. So yeah. when you look at the list of anything like that, right? Um, our nutrition is a major factor in helping mitigate all of these additional symptoms that become heightened during perimenopause. It's not that perimenopause manufactures all of these symptoms, but they become a reflection of our general health and our overall health. And so protein intake is a huge one, but a ketogenic diet is by no way or means required. Uh, intermittent fasting can become super helpful to offset things like your um, blood glucose levels, um, but isn't required in an extreme way. Like people tend to go in extremes, you know, in either way. So macros counting can be a really wonderful and helpful way to just kind of get a grip on how much of what you're taking in without having to do these really big shifts in diet. Um, fiber is a massive implication with uh, perimenopause, because again, you're just looking for reducing inflammation whenever you can to reduce these extreme symptoms. So nutrition is a massive piece of it, but you can kind of take a deep breath, right? It's not like you have to go empty out your refrigerator and then put in your perimenopause diet. That's just not required, right? It's taking a deep breath. And this is what I say to almost all of my clients. I'm like, okay, we're going to all just take a really deep breath and realize we have not been handed a death sentence. We have been handed a lot of information that we have the power to make some very good choices moving into the whole rest of our life, right? We're setting a foundation now for what we do forever. I look at it as like, you just, you have, you have to be a little bit more aware, like you are dealt a little bit harder of a hand. Um, I equate it to a lot of clients of it's kind of comparable to like an autoimmune. Does it mean that you can't be healthy? You can't have a great life with an autoimmune condition? Absolutely not. It just means you have to be a little bit more aware and give a little bit more attention to what it is that you're doing. You probably could have eaten a really crappy diet through your thirties. And then you get to Gretchen's magical number 38, which is not true by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you're in perimenopause and it does become harder to come back from the bag of Cheetos you ate with the big box of chocolate and all of the junk food you ate the night before. So it's, it's harder to rebound from, I think is, is the way I look at it. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, yes, there are some physical things that are happening, but we can't underestimate the impact that this has just mentally, right? We worry there's stress around it. 
Gretchen, you're already stressed, you know, there's there's this kind of, there's this buildup too. And so, so much of this is also a really long mental game, right? It's getting our minds in a, into the position where we kind of say to ourselves, I do have control over the situation. I do get to make choices and I do not have to just suffer. I can really take control and have some autonomy and power in this. And that, I think, if there's one thing that I would say as you're thinking about and anticipating perimenopause, like that mindset is going to save you a lot of suffering. So how does someone know when they've started to go into perimenopause? It's not a, it is an official diagnosis, but most of the time, if you go to your physician and ask, are you in perimenopause? They're going to ask, are your periods becoming more irregular? They're going to, you know, they're going to start listing off all of those symptoms that I listed off. They're going to take your age into, into a, it's a factor. Um, some women do start perimenopause very young and stop having their periods in their thirties. Most don't. The average age is 41 into 54. It can last anywhere from two years to 14 years. I mean, it's just this like span, right? So there is no defined, like, you are 42, therefore you are in perimenopause, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So if you do start feeling like you're having all of these symptoms, the best thing I can recommend is to find a physician who has menopause training, perimenopause training, like they have gone and gotten additional training in that, and then go talk to them about it. Because ultimately, they're the ones who are going to be able to say, yes, you are in perimenopause. I think that because there's no concrete age, that makes it a lot harder for us to understand. Because if 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 it's not a set 41 to 54, it's really difficult for somebody to say, you know, oh, hey, I feel at 27 years old, like I'm developing these symptoms of perimenopause. Because some people are like, no, especially with the prevalence of things like PCOS and other cycle irregularities. Yes. It's hard to pinpoint that because you're like, it could just be something else. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, does birth control have a role in any of this? Can it affect how, can it affect your menopause journey, really? I mean. Absolutely. I mean, you know, at its root, birth control is mitigating, managing hormone levels. Once we start getting into, you know, hormone replacement therapy, um, conversations about birth control, I really quickly get out of my level of expertise. Um, It is a really important piece of information for your physician to have, though, um, because, you know, like Jordan was saying, with PCOS being on the rise and a, a lot of issues because our girls are developing younger and getting their periods sooner um, and earlier in life, um, there is a lifelong shifting that's occurring that really only someone licensed, you know, a medical professional is really licensed to talk about. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's yes, add that to the component of things you talk about with your physician for sure. Let's look at the training aspect of things. We covered the nutrition piece. That's another big thing that I think women think they have to change. Uh, and I think it ties into the the sometimes difficulties in losing weight when you go through this stage of life. All of a sudden, it becomes a need to add more cardio. What do you see or what do you know about training during perimenopause? The most beneficial thing any of us can do as women, period, whether we are premenopausal, perimenopausal, or postmenopausal, 
is strength training. It is the grossly underestimated power horse in aging. It affects our glucose levels. It affects our stress levels. It impacts directly our mental health. I mean, if there were to, if I were to say, is there a magic pill for navigating perimenopause? Well, I would say yes. Strength training. It is just, um, it is unequivocally one of the most effective, quote unquote, you know, I'm not a doctor, but treatments for all of these symptoms. Um, and we, you know, our inclination, like same things happening with me, right? I've just got this like bulge in the middle that kind of keeps slowly growing more and more. It seems like you know, everything that I used to do my entire life suddenly just kind of stopped working. And um, the more and more I read and the more and more I learned literally across the board, strength train. So come on over. I am on Friday. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I mean, and there's, I think there's going to continue to be more research that just shows cardio is for your cardiovascular system. It's not, it's, right. it's good for health in that it strengthens the area right in the middle of your chest. That's super important. Can't let it, it. but in terms of everything else, health wise, you have to look at building muscle, um, especially during this phase of life. So let's look at the best advice that you would give a woman starting or currently in perimenopause. I think there are a couple of facets. Number one, mental health. This is a time where um, mental fitness uh, becomes fundamentally essential. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to take up a you know, progressive or like massive meditation practice, but it's really beginning. It's really getting to a point where you can, you can pay attention, you know, what is happening with my body? What's happening in my own head? How am I doing? How am I really doing? How am I thinking about things? How am I processing information? What tools am I putting um, in place to have at my disposal? Do I have a therapist that I trust? Do I have a coach that I trust? Do I have a group of friends and community that I trust? So that your whole mental wellness piece, massive, huge foundation. Begin now with your strength, right? There's never a day that's too late to start strength training. I, my mom is the perfect example. My mom just turned 80 years old this year. She's solidly been in postmenopause for a handful of years. And she just started strength training for the first time in her life with Jordan, by the way. Um, and she's in love with it, right? It's never too late to start. And the earlier we start, the more uh, capacity we give our muscles to learn how to train, to set that foundation for ourselves, the easier this becomes and stays for the duration of our life. And then the biggest piece too that I think gets missed is we're so focused on staying young. We have this like, it's like we're terrified of aging in this country. And I think if there's one thing that I would really encourage women at this stage and even younger to do, it would be Find us some women mentors who you can really talk to, you know, and ask about their life experience and ask about uh, what it's like getting older and dive and dig into like what it means to grow old as a woman, because it's, it's actually kind of fun. I'm digging it pretty hardcore. 
<laughs> so you shouldn't panic when you turn 30. You should absolutely not panic when you turn 30 or 40 <laughs> or 50. And the list keeps going. Keeps, yeah, just keeps going all the way to 80, like your mom. Absolutely. Yes. So anything else on perimenopause and menopause that you want to shed some light on before we wrap this up and we move on over to post-menopause? Yeah. Okay. So there are some really great resources that are available. If you are looking for information, um, TikTok terrifies me, but that's also because I'm Gen X and everything technical frightens me. Um, TikTok terrifies me, but and the reason is it is it is hard to differentiate what information is good and what information is mostly just blather. Um, find a couple of resources that you really trust. The North American Menopause Society is a really wonderful place to start. Mayo Clinic is a great place to start. There's an organization here in Minnesota called the Minnesota, what is it? Um, I think it's just called the Minnesota Menopause Society. Um, but digging into some of those resources so that you're getting clinically tested, approved methods, and um, some of the most more recent research is huge. Um, a little warning is that even when you find your trusted resources, those people are going to disagree about certain things. So I have four primary people that I follow that I listen to, and very frequently, like one who is very just strictly Western medicine has an opinion about something where another woman who's more holistic and naturopathic has an opinion about something and they might disagree. Trust your instinct. Trust that you know what's good for your body and give yourself, I mean, really empower yourself to know you're making choices that make sense to you. And don't let anyone tell you just because it doesn't fit into their particular sphere of reference that it's wrong. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll post some of those resources that you mentioned in the link with this episode so that people can just dive right into that. But that was super informative without overwhelming people, I think. I think it was very good good information to give people on perimenopause and menopause. So can't wait to see what happens when we dive into postmenopause. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a like, a share on Instagram. Let us know what more you want to hear from us so that we can truly make this the podcast that females go to to improve their resistance training experience.